motherhood, and work. There isn't a right way or best way to juggle these, despite what you've heard or been told. No, really, there's not. Part-time work has been the best fit for me and my family, but it's tough to navigate any gray area of motherhood when you don't fit neatly in a box. My name is Tiana Fesh, and welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast, where we are going to build conversation and community around swinging motherhood and work in a way that works best for us and our families. No matter your path, it's an adventure with highs, lows, and in-betweens. Let's explore together. Welcome to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm so excited to be here with our guests today, Danny McFarland and Christine Klassen of Mojo and Moxie. Danny and Christine are two almost 50 gals living their best lives. They met when their oldest boys became fast friends at a local park. A few dozen play dates, cases of wine, dinner dates and vacations later, the rest is history. Over a glass or two of wine, they decided to create a blog born from a desire to include the more established woman in the blogging sphere. They wanted to create a template that was relatable to a family that is starting to face the challenges of kids leaving the nest. Big kid issues, aging, and the excitement and trepidation of this next stage. And the rest is history. Thank you so much for joining me, Danny and Christine. Well, thank you for having us. We're excited. Yes, thank you. I think this will be a very interesting conversation, and especially because it's getting us to think ahead to when our kids are a little bit older, maybe for some of the people in in the community who are listening. So, Christine, you're a mom of three. Is that right? Yes, I have three, uh, two boys and a girl, 21, almost 20, and 17. Okay. And Danny, you're a mom of two. Yes, I have a son who is almost 21 and a daughter who is 19. Oh my goodness, they grow up, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Faster than you think sometimes, but then there's other times where they're still not quite there. (laughs) Agree, I agree. So I'm curious, what does your motherhood and work juggle look like today with your kids being older? Well, it's interesting because especially with them being at home, of course, right now with the pandemic, typically they would be either away at school or mostly at school. Right now, my two are at home and they've been working. So they do have a schedule, but still they have a schedule, but they don't have a schedule. So I'm still trying to be a mom to these kids in a different way. It, it's it's interesting. The dynamic becomes more of a conversation than a do what I say type thing at this age. It's, it's about giving them their independence and they have to learn to be an adult or adulting. And sometimes it's stuff that they typically don't want to do. I can, even now I find myself not wanting to do things that I consider to be adulting. <laughs> so that that's a tough transition when you're used to being in that that more of that kid mode and relying on mom and dad to do more things. And then as parents are trying to encourage them to, to do a little bit more and to make those decisions. I remember that being a tough and interesting and, and good space to be in too, but an interesting one for sure. What about yourself, Christine? Well, I have found that, I mean, 
my for sure what I have to do in a day. I'm not I'm not making breakfasts. I'm not making lunches. I still, of course, make dinner, but they they kind of I've left them to do their own things that way. We have one that's been away at school. So that I think has been is an adjustment always when they come back. And I found that certainly hitting into their 20s, it's really interesting to watch how they're growing and how they're changing and how they're maturing. So from having we have a 17 year old who I still see as I can't believe that she's ever going to get there. And then the 21 year old who I who I feel is is a man now and is really starting to take on life as a as an adult. So it's really interesting to see just those few years, the difference. And in terms of parenting them, I feel the two older ones, it is more just guidance. And the younger one, oh my gosh, I'm telling you, teenage girls, I'm pulling my hair out. I'd love to say that that after they can wipe their own bums, it gets better, but I'm not sure <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's harder in a different way, right? Because you, you don't want to do everything for them or tell them what to do, but it's like half pushing them out of the nest. It's interesting, the mama birds and baby birds, they just push them out and they have to live life, right? But we don't, we don't just, usually, typically, we just don't close the door on our kids when they turn 21 and they're gone and they have to deal with adulting issues. So yeah, it becomes it just becomes a different way of being that parent. You're more supportive in a way. I'm starting to see it now with our oldest. So he's 15 and heading to high school next year. And it's even things like having him look at the options that he wanted to take or the courses he wanted to register for. And up until now, I mean, he was choosing options, but now he's needing to kind of think ahead. And the the teachers were prompting them to think about what do they want to be when they grow up and what are the prerequisites that they'll need. And that's just, I mean, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Well, (laughs) exactly. It's super stressful for kids these days too, when they're going through that process, because they don't see that far ahead in their lives they're very within their day-to-day stuff. And it's okay if you stray from what you think you thought you were supposed to do. I think that's the message that we're trying to give him because he was feeling quite stuck and overwhelmed with, with that. But it is interesting to be thinking some of the decisions that we make now could sort of affect the choices and options that he has available to him. But at the same time, there's different ways and different paths to get to where he wants to be. So yeah, yeah, it's an exciting, it's an exciting time. So I'm just starting to enter. So I'm so happy to have the opportunity to pick your brains because you're just that bit ahead of where I am, especially with our oldest. Now, I'm very curious about some of the strategies that you found helpful with this, your current phase or stage of motherhood. And with that, I'd also love to hear about what are some of the things that you love most about this stage and what are some of the challenges that you've experienced? Christine, you go first this time. (laughs) Okay. Okay, I'll go first. I think that what I love is I love watching them become adults and just seeing how their decisions are guided and and knowing that we had a part in creating those people. 
I love that they're super respectful, the older ones. The youngest one is still a, a real teenager. And so she'll get there. But this is the thing is that you have to get through all these stages. So the teenage stage for me with her has been difficult. But but I love seeing, I know what it's coming with her, but just the the older ones, I love seeing them making good decisions and 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 having really good friends and and being a part of their friendships now versus being a parent. I don't mean that we sit around and we're friends. We we hang out with them. We talk to them as adults. There's sort of a camaraderie there, which is really cool. And so I love that. I love the fact that I get to spend more time with my husband and that we have more free time to, to do things because the kids are off doing their own things. The thing that makes me the most nervous about parenting older kids is older kids or bigger kids, bigger problems. And so when they were little and they made a bad choice, it was we we could help them fix it. Sometimes now, if, well, just the problems are bigger if they make a bad choice because they're adults, essentially. So for me, that, that, that's been the part that is, is, hard and making sure they understand that. What's been most helpful to you with sort of navigating this time? What sort of words of wisdom would you give or like a couple tips to to make it through? One, I would say this too shall pass, but, but two, I would say, and this is something my husband says to me every single day is their story is not done. So if I'm feeling really down about something that's going on in the house or whatever, or, or the direction that one of the kids is taking, I, I just have to remind myself their story isn't done. This isn't the end. This is just, they're still so young. They have so much life to live, hopefully. I think sometimes myself, because I'm such a kind of control freak, if I can't control every little thing, I start to feel anxious. And so I I think you have to let that go and know that their story is not done. There's going to be lots of twists and turns. There really are. And that's such a beautiful message and one that I think I'm going to need to uh, think about even now, even now. Thank you. What about yourself, Danny? I'd have to agree with a lot of things that Christine said. Some of the things I love about this stage now is just being able to have those adult conversations with the kids, having them be the critical thinkers, and you can have discussions in the house that are meaningful. And not that they weren't meaningful when they were younger, but You typically don't talk about pretty serious things when the kids are teenagers. They're not into it. They don't, they don't understand or whether they understand or not. It's just not something that you would talk about. I mean, partially you're too busy doing other things to actually sit down at a dinner table and have a discussion about life or whatever. So I do enjoy that relationship with the kids now. I would have to say one of the challenges that I will probably always still struggle with this is letting them fail and seeing them fail and having them have the resilience to pick themselves up and figure out that it's okay. There's numerous times in the past where they don't want to make that step because they're afraid of failing and not finishing or not being the top or whatever, but 
you don't know until you make that step. And even when you do fail, you learn from it. But as a mom, you also don't want to see them become emotional or sad or anxious about that step. So that would be my biggest challenge is I don't ever want to see my kids upset or not being in a happy situation. And I I would have been the one to try to fix that or help help them get through it so it's not such a big blow to them. But Sometimes they need to have that big failure to figure out what they want to be doing. So I would say that's sort of my, my biggest challenge. And do you have some strategies or tips that have been helpful for you? Well, one of the things that I, I tend to hold on to stuff. So I really, in all of life, I've really been learning lately is to let it go. Like it's okay if they don't agree with me. I can't, force my views onto my adult children. They are the ones that have to grow within themselves. And I, but I think as a whole, I have learned to just learn to let things go and sort of move past. That can be very tough. <laughs> that can be tough. And as I'm listening to you as well, talk about letting your kids fail and, and struggle and not trying to jump in and fix things that it's tough too. It's yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, a little story. I remember my daughter was trying out for a higher level hockey team and she was nervous. She didn't want to do it. She said, I don't know if I can do, I, I don't know if I will get there. And I said, well, you don't know until you try. And so my favorite quote, and we've said this before is, but what if I fail? And then there's the side of, but darling, what if you fly? You don't know, right? You don't know until you try. And if you try and you fail, you've still learned something from it. And it might be hard to see in that exact moment, but after a little bit of time, absolutely. It's, there's lots of learning that comes from that too. Sure. Yeah. We've had that experience with the Royals hockey tryouts. (laughs) We've had a lot over the years. In the end, things that they work out for a reason. Yeah. And that's all you can sort of, go by it it's disheartening and it's upsetting and especially for the kids going through that but in the end I think they become the ones who overcome that they become the stronger ones out of it not the ones who are the ones who always are making that team and I think it takes a lot of courage to not be successful and then to think about what you could have done differently or better and then to go back and try again yeah 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 it's a a tough lesson, but it's such an important one. Now, I wanted to shift gears a little bit. I love the tagline for your blog, Mojo and Moxie. So your tagline, wisdom and wit for those with an established life. So I'm curious, how did you come up with the name Mojo and Moxie? And what type of content can people expect when they check out your blog? Everyone thinks there's a big story behind Mojo and Moxie and that one of us is Mojo and the other one is Moxie. And actually, to be quite honest, we were trying to think of a name that that had two parts to it because there's two of us. So it was something and something we wanted to do. And so we started with that. And then we sort of said, well, what are over 40 women, over 50 women? What, what, what can we say about ourselves that doesn't sound like put out to pasture, nothing left, kids deserting you. And we thought, well, we've got Mojo and we've got Moxie. Like we are, we are just starting out in life. Like we've, we've got it going on because our kids are going to be gone. And, we have a lot of and so we thought, well, Mojo and Moxie, like that's a pretty, it sounds pretty cool. And we wanted people who 
who saw the blog to know that it was not for theoretically, we know that everyone knows how to make roast beef and everyone knows how to, by the time you're 40 or 50, everyone knows how to make a salad or a fun dessert. But we, we wanted people who came across the blog to be like, oh, this is for people like me. This is for older women, not for yummy mummies or dad bods or whatever else is there. (laughs) It's for women that have an established life that that do know the basics. And this is, we didn't see a lot of that out there. So I don't know, Danny, did I cover? No, you totally covered it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and we also wanted to bring you know, some of the lighter stuff to life, but also some of the harder stuff that we go through as moms or parents at this stage, of course, talking about our teens and our young adults and our relationships with our partners and hormonal changes and stuff like that, that are, it's real. And so needed to be talked about. And and again, the younger generation was so easily, they just did that that, because social media was part of it. And they were the first ones to start blogging. But our generation didn't really talk about that stuff. We weren't brought up to broadcast everything on social media. I'm glad that I got that question answered, even just for myself personally, because I was was always trying to figure out, okay, so who's who? And it must be like that. So I'm glad that you've cleared that up. Now, I'm also curious, what have been your biggest takeaways or things that you've learned in creating your blog and sharing it out there with the world? Well, for me, I feel like the more vulnerable and the more real you are, the more people like it. And it's weird because I really struggle with showing the day-to-day of life. And it seems like that's what a lot of people want to see. And I'm the worst at social media because I'm like, why would someone want to see my dirty house or my whatever? And and I'm I'm not comfortable sharing all of my life the way the younger generation is. And maybe it's because we didn't grow up that way. So for me, that has been the weirdest learning curve and, and an adjustment. Yeah, the, the definitely the um, real life aspect of it, just because that's not who we were. Our lives weren't being, we didn't start our teenage years by just putting our lives out there and having everybody see it. And then you wonder why, like, why would somebody really want to watch what I'm you know, doing or making for supper. But in today's world, that's basically all we have to watch right now is other people's lives. And reality has become, uh, reality has just become the thing. Like, I remember, I don't know, Christine, it must have been like when we first started and you had been talking to somebody and they said, people just want to see real life, right? They don't want to see you all dolled up. They don't want to see you like in filters or what although I do use some filters sometimes because <laughs> there are days that <laughs> but you use fun filters like blue hair and yeah. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but people just want to see real life and I think they they connect with that right it's, it's the connection part and that's sort of what I have really enjoyed about this journey in regards to the blog and in in the social media side of it is connecting with other people who are feeling the same way so we don't you don't feel alone in what you're doing, 
right? Everybody is going through their own struggles and some people put it out there more than others, but we are all imperfect and we are all going through struggles. And I think that's what I have taken out of it for sure. And I also think that for Danny and I, who who have older kids, there is a challenge in, I mean, when I watch some of the younger bloggers, or, and I mean, they are showing their kids from the time they come out of the womb and every cute, fun thing they do and and their kids aren't of an age where they can really say anything about it. So there's a fine balance between when we write our blogs being really authentic and not hurting our children at the same time. So some of our musings are very thoughtfully written because we have to protect them as well. And, and I think that both Danny and I would show more of real life if, if we didn't, if it wasn't maybe putting our kids in, in an awkward position, because let me tell you, we would have some fine stuff (laughs) post if our kids didn't even notice that there were cameras. Right. But I mean, a, that's, they didn't grow up that way either. And so the older blogs and the older Instagrams of, of I feel like old over 40 or over 50 women are, are, I think, a bit more careful when it involves their kids. Some, some teenagers are totally into it. And our kids are like kind of, they'll do some things, but they're not going to have a fight with us on camera and let us post it, right? No. Like it's not going to happen. Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. My kids have strong opinions about just even me taking photos of them in general. So yeah, yeah. they're not a big part of what I would share on on social for sure. I'll ask. So I've shared once in a while, we did this hike where we ended up having to literally sit on our butts and slide down the hill because it was so icy for an entire kilometer. And they were fine with sharing that because they were kind of off in the distance and yes. we we're all screaming and <laughs> that kind of a thing. But as far as our, our day-to-day life and they, they're just not into that for sure. So, and I, res- I respect that and you're, it's not what they're used to. They definitely have a say on the, on the things that, <laughs> that I share. And it's not, it's also not our, as our first instinct to grab our phone and video everything. No, there's that too. As you're saying, like, why would somebody even care like here I am walking home from school again (laughs) (laughs) dropping off my little guy I don't know but then at the same time I see that draw in in seeing that people are being real and they're they're letting you have a glimpse of who they really are because I think there's that people want to support what people are doing when they they kind of know them and they feel invested in them and connected to them right. and and like they have that relationship to them. I sort of struggle and I'm sort of sorting that out for myself too and what that looks like for sure. Now, hindsight obviously is 2020 and I sometimes look back on my whole motherhood journey and there's some things <laughs> that I have learned along the way. So I'm curious, when you look back to when you started your own motherhood journeys, what would be the key pieces of advice that you would give yourselves as new moms? Like the, what do you wish you knew then that now? For me, I think I would tell myself not to be so hard on myself 
as a mother. I stayed home with my children until my oldest was 10 or 11. So being a stay-at-home mom, that is really your job going forward for those 10 years. So, and part of the job is the, there's an expectation in my mind, there was an expectation of how my job was to be. And then the looking at how your kids move from stage to stage was sort of like the performance review of your job. So there were certain things that there had to be a timeline on some of the things, such as, for instance, potty training. I was like, oh my God, like, why is this kid still not fully trained at like three? Like, I can't understand it. And it was frustrating. And we tried everything in the book. And at the end of the day, hey, he was totally potty trained by the time he went to school. So it was not like it was, it should have been a big deal. So there was a lot of things I think I made mountains out of molehills with my kids as they were growing. And, and I think part of that was just because that's where my focus was all the time. So that's my... I, I totally agree. I would say my thing would be to chill. <laughs> because I look back now, actually, funnily enough, I was thinking about it recently because I was going through all the kids' memory boxes and looking at things and they were bringing up memories. And, and I thought, my gosh, I still remember that day. And I remember feeling so ashamed or whatever. And now it's just such a joke, whatever teams the kids played on, whatever dance things they did, it doesn't matter now. It just doesn't matter. So I think rather than stressing about it, just enjoy it. Just yeah. enjoy it and just be like, this is the life we've given. And my kids are like in doing these fun things and just enjoy it. Because you think it's going to be forever and it's such a short period of time in your life. It really is. And and that's actually one thing I'm really trying to work on now and just be conscious of is just really being present. Because I think, especially when they're small, I was always thinking ahead. Yes. Like, okay, yeah. what do I need to remember? And what are the five things I need to do? And what's coming up tomorrow? <laughs> and, and I sometimes found that I just wasn't really there in the moment. So I'm trying to be better at that. Today I walked... I walked our youngest to school. He's 10 and I just tried to engage and be focused on walking him to school. I don't need to worry about what's coming up next. Let's just chat and have that nice conversation and be in the moment. Exactly. Yeah. So that's definitely something I'm just trying to be actively aware of now, as especially as I start to think about, oh my goodness, they're getting so big. Where's this time going? So now I'm curious, looking ahead, what are your plans for Mojo and Moxie and what things are on the horizon for your families moving forward? You want me to go first, Danny? <laughs> well, you have the big news. <laughs> well, well, so Mojo and Moxie is going to be North American, I guess, because I am going to be in the U.S. and Danny's going to be here in Canada. And so, I mean, that's going to be interesting. It's going to make for, I'm sure, some interesting blog posts and and. Instagram stuff and whatever. I think that in the past year, we we branched out and did our speaker series, which I thought was really cool and successful. And so I feel like we'll probably do another one of those. And yeah, I mean, it's fun to see adventures as our kids. I think it's just going to be interesting seeing all of our adventures with our kids now be, really becoming adults and graduating from university and and maybe getting married and 
that kind of stuff. And of course, the empty nest where you're starting to do things with your partner again and reconnecting that way, right? For 18 some years, your focus is always, I mean, our focus was really with our our kids first, but now it's time to reconnect with your husband. And that will be a, that's fun too, which we've already started to do. Like, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, because it it's hard to focus on that when you're busy with all of the things. And I've actually found this past year interesting because normally we have hockey and piano and gymnastics and all the things, and we haven't had all the things. And because our kids are just that little bit older, my husband and I have actually gone for walks together in the evening and all these strange things that we really didn't have time for we were ships passing in the night exactly there was many times of that for sure one in one out some very exciting things coming up for you and how are you both feeling about that as as friends with one friend leaving well I try not to think about it okay actually (laughs) me too I try not to think about it too but the benefit is is that it's only Phoenix and it's close it's easy to get to if our kids were younger it it would be devastating. But now that our kids are older, we have so much time to go back and forth and do those kinds of things. So I think it's going to be fun. I'm going to be very lonely because I know maybe one person in Phoenix. So I'm sure I'll be very lonely, but we have- That's what Zooms are for, isn't it? Yeah. We had this whole 18 months to teach me how to use Zoom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but so many exciting opportunities, especially as things open up to to have those those visits and those trips and things like that. So that for sure, that and be you know, and also one of the things we talked about with Modra and Moxie is, and we talked about this bef- before all this stuff happened in the world was retreats for women, midlife women, bringing in speakers and having that connection and meeting new like. So there's that option as well going forward. So I mean. Really, if you think about it, the possibilities are endless. Yes. <laughs> I'm excited. There's some exciting ideas brewing and things on the horizon. So <laughs> that'll be fun to follow along. Just some quick rapid fire questions for each of you. First of all, what's been your go-to meal on those busy school activity nights? Tacos. Chicken chili. It's always good to have a few things to put in your back pocket, right? What's your favorite family game or activity? I mean, over the years, there's been definitely different games that we've been focused on. It's hard to get the kids together now to even do anything <laughs> as an activity. We we love to camp and hike when the kids were younger. And as a family game, of course, that did change over the years. But one of the things that actually came from uh, holiday with Christine's family was Yahtzee. And we actually bring that out every Christmas. Yahtzee, 100% yeah. on Yahtzee. We play it a ton because it's fun and quick. And if we're all sitting around the table and it's fun now because our kids can have a beer or whatever, and we'll sit around and, and play a Yahtzee on a Friday night before they go out um, oh, nice. all the time to, to this day. That's so <laughs> fun. That's so yeah. fun. <laughs> I love that. When I when I asked Katrina LeMaydon this question, she talked about a game called a card game called Dutch Blitz. Oh yes. Oh. And I went out and bought it and I gave it to my husband as an early Father's Day gift so we could try playing it. <laughs> and our family is we love it. It's so much fun. So I would actually recommend that one too. Okay. Have okay. it <laughs> Add on to that. Okay. And then what is a book, podcast, or TV show that you've enjoyed recently? <laughs> 
So I know this is very slow to the to the take because everybody watched it about five years ago, I think at least. But my husband and I watched Downton Abbey over the pandemic twice together. It was something we really enjoyed to watch together. My podcast that I've been really into is called Ask Lisa. It's Lisa Damore. She's a parenting psychologist. She wrote two really, really good books about girls, parenting teen girls and the pressures that girls face as teens. So I'd highly recommend that. And third, I just read the book, The Push. Oh my gosh. (laughs) You have to read it if you haven't read it and you're a mom, it will freak you out. But it's so good. It's so good. I couldn't put it down. I ignored my family. (laughs) I read it in one whole session. I read it from start to finish and did not put it down. So anyways, I would highly recommend that. That's a great one. That's a great one. What about yourself, Danny? So for me, I enjoy listening to a podcast for the midlife woman. It's called Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. And two ladies, two ladies out of the U.S., who just discuss a lot of things going on in the perimenopause, menopause crowd. They have experts on all the time. It's actually a really good podcast. TV show, I am a Real Housewives watcher, but I only watch The Real Housewives of Orange County and The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So those are my two shows that I do watch. Sometimes you just have to watch something that's just mindless. It's just reality drama. Now, in the part-time jungle, we like to keep things real about motherhood. And I'm wondering if you have... And I feel like I need to change this. It's not really a mummy mess up that you'd be willing to share, but just more or less a learning opportunity that you've had as a mom. I think just, listen, I think overall, I, I will say I am not a perfect mom. And there's probably there, I know there are things that I have done or said to my children that probably were not the right things to say or do. But as much as there are some books out there, there really aren't any books that pertain to each kid individually. And every kid is an individual and they have their own personality. And and sometimes it's a hard thing to parent. And it's you're not going to be perfect. And I asked my kids this question actually. I love that. (laughs) And I said to them, now that you're older and you sort of look back, was there anything that you could say that I did that as a mom, that was a a mess up that you really didn't think was the something that I did or said in in that situation. And I said, be honest, because I don't care, but be honest. And they really, they couldn't really say anything. I mean, they came up with a few funny anecdotes of what has happened. Like one time we were camping and it was dark and my son was puking and I grabbed a pot and I hit him in the face and I chipped his tooth. Like, he's like, that was a real mess up, mom. I said, yes, but it was dark. But I think, I just think that I, I know there's lots out there. I could probably write a book on the imperfect, perfect mother. So yeah, that's my that's my two cents on it. <laughs> I love that you asked your kids. I think I'm going to try that. <laughs> I'm gonna yeah, I wanted, and again, I wanted yes. them to be honest. I said, I'm yeah. not going to like, and I did ask my husband the same thing. I said, is, was there anything that you saw? And there was a time where there was a bit of struggle between myself and my oldest. And I think part of that to me was, 
I felt because he was the oldest, he probably should have been more mature in some of the things that he did. It was probably not the right thing to think about, you know, the oldest child and they should know better because they're the oldest, but they don't. So there was a time where there was a struggle. And I actually mentioned that to my son. I said, do you remember that? He said, I don't remember that. My husband looking in, he saw it. But then I also saw him with a lot of struggle with my daughter. So, and I think as genders, we relate a little bit different to like a daughter to a son, maybe. I don't know. Because we have both in the family, there is that difference sometimes. What about yourself, Christine? Oh, I think I probably have a mommy mess up every day. There's for sure something I say that's not the right thing or that afterwards I think, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that or But I think that in the end, all that really matters is that you love them and you just love them as hard as you can. And you can't mess up if that's at the heart of your, I mean, you can, of course, we all are, we all do, but we mess up in any, every aspect of our lives all the time because we're imperfect. And so I think just, I mean, I could critique a lot of the things that I've done over time and say, oh, I maybe would have done that a little differently, but that's life. And if we sit around going through every conversation and every action, then I think it's hard to move forward. It's hard to, it's hard to live your life if you just constantly are thinking backwards to things you should have done. Or I think in the end, our, our kids know that we love them to death. We would do anything for them and we've got their backs. And I think if if they know that, then we've kind of done our jobs, I hope. And before we uh, wrap things up today, do either of you or both of you have any final words of wisdom or thoughts for moms who are listening who might be looking for some inspiration, support with their own mom work juggles? I would say probably if you are really struggling, just to know that it does and will get better as the kids get older in, in most cases, for sure. But it does. Yeah. Like Christine said, this too shall pass, right? We move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it's funny because I, I had written here what Danny had said about resilience. I, I wrote as my final thought is, is let your kids fail, I think is like 150% true is letting your kids fail. And it is so hard to do. And I think that if you do it when they're younger, they, they start to take more responsibility as they get older. So if when they're younger and they screw up on a test and you don't stand over them before the test saying, you've got to study, you've got to study, you've got to study, I'll, I'll quiz you, I'll do this. Then if you let them just decide how much they're going to study and perhaps fail the test in grade eight or grade seven or grade six or whatever, that's not a big deal. In high school, there's bigger consequences for that. But I think letting them fail is what makes them realize that it's on them. We can stress about our kids' marks or their futures or whatever, but in the end, they have to take responsibility because it is their life. And I think teaching them young to fail helps them build resilience, make better choices for the future as adults. (laughs) I, I really like that. And 
It's interesting. Growing up, my dad had this thing that he said all the time. It was, who owns the problem? (laughs) And it used to drive me insane. (laughs) But it's so true. At the end of the day, we make our decisions, we make our choices, and we own that. We have to own that and the consequences that come from that. So yeah, it's uh, advice that stuck with me. That's for sure. Now, Danny and Christine, I want to thank you both so much for sharing your time and words of wisdom with us today. If our listeners want to learn more about you and all the amazing things that you're up to, where are the best places to find you? Well, our blog first is mojoandmoxie.ca and Instagram, mojo underscore and underscore moxie. Um, we're on Facebook. We do. We're on. Twitter. We're on all the social media platforms, really. Yeah, there's cool Pinterest stuff too. That oh, oh, that's right. Pinterest. Right? Oh, okay. No, that's good to know. Right. I'll have Real to have a look. Stuff. So yeah. So everyone will have to check out her reels of her cheese. Oh. <laughs> oh okay. And just briefly, too, before I let you go, can you? Uh, speak a little just to your speaker series and what that was about, especially if that's something that you're hoping to do again. Yeah, so we decided to do a little speaker series where we would bring in experts in certain areas and just to talk about things that things we wish we knew is what we titled it. So it was like things we wish we knew before this part. So we had five speakers from January to May and we talked about what did we talk about, Christine? We did the Dutch test, talking about um, menopause testing. We did the vagina dialogues. We did talking about really menopausal symptoms, that one. We talked about parenting. We had two parenting experts talking about parenting teens, two different approaches. One was more about parenting from an empty nest or an emptier nest. The other one was more about how to deal with your teens. Two, three, four. Oh, and wait. Weights, wine, water, and walking. So just basically fitness for women over 40. Wonderful. And if people wanted to catch up on those speakers, can people circle back to Facebook to find those? Yeah, our videos are on Facebook, but you can also go to the blog. Okay. Emojo Moxie. We have every, after every series or every speaker, we did a little review with a link to the Facebook video too. Yeah, make sure to include all that in the show notes. Thank you both so much for joining me today. It was great to connect with you. Thank you so much for listening to the Part-Time Jungle Podcast. I'm your host, Tiana Fesh. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Part-Time Jungle and on my website, www.theparttimejungle.com. I would love if you would subscribe to, rate, and review this podcast. Your feedback and support are so appreciated. See you next time, where we will continue to explore the motherhood jungle together.